Wireless Chronicle is a digital research and media project as well as an historical archive that documents prison uprisings, protests, strikes, and other disturbances within jails, prisons, and detention centers in the U.S. and Canada. Check us out at PerilousChronicle.com and follow us on Twitter, at Perilous Prisons. Welcome back to The Perilous Podcast, a news and oral history project featuring original interviews with prisoners and detainees who have participated in or witnessed protests, uprisings, and other forms of unrest behind bars. We also gather analysis and insight from researchers and advocates in an effort to build a better understanding of systems of incarceration and collective action and strategy. In this episode, we cover a protest that began this month, August 2020, at Wynn Correctional in Louisiana. We were able to interview several detainees in the facility to talk about the protest and the conditions that sparked it as well as an interview with Shane Bauer, the author and investigative journalist who worked undercover at the Wynn Correctional in 2015 and released a book about his experience titled American Prison. A full article version of the story can be found on our website, but before we jump in, here are a few recent headlines. On July 23rd in Tucson, Arizona, prisoners at the Whetstone Unit in the Arizona State Prison Complex staged a walkout citing unsafe conditions for COVID-19. Prisoners demanded to remain on lockdown and have their meals delivered to them in their cells. On Friday, July 24th, the Arizona Department of Corrections confirmed implementation of modified operations for the unit, stating that prisoners will receive meals delivered in-house for 14 days. The Arizona Department of Corrections confirms two deaths in the facility linked to COVID-19, with another three deaths potentially linked to the virus. On July 29th, prisoners at Easterling Correctional Facility in Alabama began a hunger strike to protest denied outside exercise time, denied access to the law library, and a lack of clean water and healthy food. Hunger strikers also demanded adequate medical treatment and measures for COVID-19, as well as immediate medical care for prisoner Daniel Wilson and 86-year-old Michael Mayola, who both have untreated medical conditions. On Saturday, August 1st, 30 youth prisoners at Lincoln Hills Juvenile Correctional Facility in Irma, Wisconsin, caused a disturbance at approximately 4 in the afternoon. 15 sheriffs responded. According to the Wisconsin Department of Corrections, the youth prisoners filled their socks with rocks and made threats to prison staff. Prison property was damaged, and one youth was treated for cuts from broken glass. Later that night, on August 1st, in Waycross, Georgia, a riot broke out in Ware State Prison. Windows were smashed and multiple fires were set, including one golf cart set ablaze. One guard was taken hostage, and two guards were reportedly stabbed. According to the Georgia Department of Corrections, the incident was contained using non-lethal ammunition. A video posted by a prisoner from a cell phone to social media showed two inmates bleeding from what appeared to be gunshot wounds. Three inmates sustained significant injuries. Tensions have been high at Ware State Prison due to the death of a prisoner three weeks ago resulting in lockdown conditions in addition to negligent mishandling of COVID-19. If they kill me in the hole, I'll go out satisfied. Protest at Wynn Correctional. On Sunday, August 2nd, detainees in Elm Unit at the Wynn Correctional Center in Wynn Parish, Louisiana, launched a protest against indefinite detention and to demand action and information related to their cases. During the protest, detainees shouted and banged on food dishes. 
With limited options to have their voices heard, detainees resolved to take whatever action they could. One participant described the protest in an interview with Perilous Chronicle. We, those detained here in Wynn Correctional Center, were peacefully protesting. We're locked up. Practically the only thing we can do is shout. The demonstration spread widely within the facility. Detainees in all eight tiers of Elm Unit participated in the protest. And according to some detainees, the protest also spread to neighboring Ash Unit. There are 38 people in the cell that I'm in. And in all the surrounding cells, people protested. At least 300 people and in the other bunker, Ash. I'm in Elm, and in Ash they protested as well. Approximately 300 people, more or less. Said Lesmes Perez Reyes, a Cuban asylum seeker. Detainees also made a banner out of a bedsheet that read Freedom. Chemical weapons used against protesters. In response to the protest, guards operating under contract with Immigration and Customs Enforcement refused to negotiate and shot pepper spray into the unit, according to all eight detainees who spoke with Perilous. All detainees spoke Spanish, and their testimonies were translated by Perilous. We were hitting the plates we eat off of with spoons, just trying to get their attention. And they came and sprayed us with pepper spray. They put it in the air vents. That was their way of quieting us down. They could have done it a different way, but they preferred to do it that way. I don't care about what might happen to me. Let it happen. They can do their worst to me in this prison. If they kill me in the hole, I'll go out satisfied. But I'm going to denounce the crimes and abuses that are happening to us, not just to me, but to all the people here. Said Ivan Garcia, regarding possible retaliation for speaking out about conditions at Wynn, Garcia is a Cuban detainee who says he has been incarcerated at Wynn for 15 months. ICE officials confirmed that OC spray was used against protesting detainees on Sunday. According to ICE, detainees participated in an impromptu protest at the Wynn Correctional Facility. After multiple attempts by contract staff to de-escalate the situation were unsuccessful, and as detainees continued to refuse to comply with numerous commands given by contract staff, the contract staff of the facility dispersed olorescin capsicum, commonly referred to as OC spray. Some detainees reported vomiting blood after being sprayed. On Friday, people passed out here inside. We asked them to look, that people had passed out, that they couldn't breathe, and they just laughed about how we were rolling around on the floor. They put pepper spray in the air vents and it went into the entire unit. There wasn't a way to avoid it. Some people were vomiting, some down on the floor. It's an injustice what they're doing to us here inside this prison. Marilyn Navas, Lima's fiance, said that Lima is asthmatic and that he could barely speak the next day when he called her. ICE officials added that, as part of established protocol, the Wynn Parish Sheriff Department did respond to the facility, but did not enter the facility or interact with detainees in any manner. Detention with no end in sight. Wynn Correctional Center is operated by the private prison corporation LaSalle Corrections, which took over the facility from the Corrections Corporation of America in 2015. 
In May 2019, LaSalle signed a contract with ICE to house immigrant detainees as part of the vast immigration detention network that was spreading throughout Louisiana at the time. Louisiana has had more prisoner and detainee-led protests than in any other state in the country during the COVID-19 pandemic, according to data compiled by Perilous. The detainees reported a wide variety of conditions and abuses that motivated them to protest. They spoke of grievances related to the immigration and asylum process, as well as other conditions of their confinement when correctional. Complaints ranged from acts of disrespect and disruption on the part of guards, such as removing the microwave from the unit at random, or kicking detainees' beds when they're sleeping, to racism, systemic injustice, and human rights abuses. A profound sense of desperation permeates their testimonies. In some cases, they were literally begging for help. Most reported that they had no idea when their period of detention would end, and said their main motivation for the protest was demanding basic information about their cases, all reported being detained by ICE for a year or more, either awaiting deportation or awaiting the next steps in their deportation case. Detainees also mentioned the absence of ICE officials at the facility. When asked if ICE negotiated with them during the protest, Reyes responded, ICE hasn't come here. That day, no official from ICE came. It was just police, guards with pistols and pepper spray. The ICE officials say that every 45 days, ICE officials change prisons, but here they've never shown their faces. We've never seen an official from ICE. Said Lima. What we wanted was at least for them to come to tell us what was going to happen, if they were going to deport us, if they were going to let us leave. Several detainees reported wanting to be deported in order to escape the miserable conditions of ICE detention. I lost my asylum request, and for 96 days, I've basically been a deportee, but they haven't deported me. They keep telling me I have to wait. What they're doing to us is a business. The Business of Incarceration Shane Bauer, who worked undercover as a guard at Wynn in 2015 to write his 2019 book, American Prison. Bauer, in an interview with Perilous, described how many of the conditions at the facility are the result of a private prison corporation trying to save money in any way possible. According to Bauer, in addition to awful conditions, the facility was in a constant state of unpredictability and disarray during his time there. Even lunchtime was completely irregular. It could happen at 11 in the morning. It could happen at 3 p.m. Programs were always getting canceled. And the prison kept going on lockdown, partially because there was not enough staff to run the prison. Um, You know, the the company was paying $9 an hour at the time, and they had a, a hard time getting enough people to work there. So the prisoners would kind of pay the price for this. Four years later, in 2019, Starting pay at Wynn was just about $10 per an hour, according to the Times-Picayune. Since the facility signed a contract with ICE that year, starting pay rose to $18 per an hour. Wynn Parish Sheriff Cranford Jordan told the Associated Press in October that the influx of money from warehousing immigrants has been a blessing to the devastated rural economy of Louisiana. The rapid rise in the number of immigrant detainees housed in Louisiana is in large part due to the low per diem rate facilities in the state charge ICE. According to the Times-Picayune, the average cost of housing an ICE detainee in Louisiana is about $65 per day, as compared with the average national rate of $126 per day. Nonetheless, the influx of money does not seem to have improved conditions much, 
at least according to detainees at Wynn who spoke with Perilous. Some described conditions in the facility as being worse than the conditions in the often war-torn places it initially fled to to come to the United States. And I think that if we had known, we wouldn't have come and ended up in this hell we're living in, said Lima. Delays to deportation proceedings. One of the main concerns the detainees expressed was the long delays and lack of clarity regarding their deportation proceedings. What was happening, what we were requesting, was information regarding our cases. Said Daniel Mejia, who was detained at Wynn and who said he has lived in the United States for more than 20 years. There was a protest, let's say, on Sunday night. It was a protest to demand from ICE information about how our cases are proceeding with deportation. Because there are many people here that have deportation orders, and they've been waiting eight months to a year, waiting for their deportation, and they haven't been deported. I need to be deported, in my case, I need to be deported as soon as possible because I have my mom who is old and she is very sick and I need to travel, leave here. According to a recent report by the New York Times, ICE has continued to carry out deportations during the pandemic, including deportations of immigrants who tested positive for COVID-19 shortly before deportation. Nonetheless, detainees at Wynn report that ICE is holding many people for long periods of time instead of either deporting or releasing them. They tell us we have to wait, that they don't know if our country, which is Cuba, is going to accept us because of the pandemic. So we have to remain prisoners, said Garcia. In March, the Cuban government closed its borders to non-Cuban citizens as a result of the COVID-19 pandemic, an order which it recently extended. Detainment during a pandemic. Another primary concern described by the detainees was the risk they faced being detained in the midst of the COVID-19 pandemic. In response to this risk, some protesters demanded their immediate release. Simply, during the weekend we were protesting the denial of our freedom. The coronavirus is here and it's quarantine, quarantine, day after day because of the coronavirus. Said Lesmes Perez Reyes. The conditions here because of the pandemic, there aren't masks, we aren't in adequate conditions to survive. Said Lima. There are 22 active cases of COVID-19 at Wynn Correctional, according to statistics maintained by ICE. But detainees at other ICE-contracted facilities report unwillingness to be tested out of fear of being transferred to medical quarantine units, where conditions are often much worse. Shamoy Edwards, an ICE detainee who was recently released from the Etowah County Jail in Alabama, said that officers at the facility use the threat of medical isolation to prevent people from asking to be tested for the virus. One factor that motivates detainees in particular, he said, is the threat of restricted use of law library during a medical quarantine that results from testing positive for COVID-19. These are a lot of individuals at the last stage of their immigration proceedings. So at any moment, they would have to go to that law library and put in an emergency stay of removal so they won't get deported, Edwards said in his interview. They let us know so that individuals do not get tested because if they get tested, I feel like there would be close to 80 people at Etowah that's currently sick. 
and I speak to a few of them to this day that are still sick to this day, but are afraid to take that test. ICE reports 21 active cases of COVID-19 at Ottawa, but this number does not include COVID-19 cases among detainees in the sections of the county jail that do not house ICE detainees. Officials at Etowa confirmed that there are cases of COVID-19 at the facility among detainees not in the custody of ICE. Luckily, most detainees interviewed at Elm Unit of Wind Correctional reported no cases of COVID in their immediate union, but all reported that many detainees suffer from a variety of health problems that go untreated by the facility, in part due to jail staff providing inadequate medical treatment. These allegations resonate with the history of medical care at the facility, according to Bauer, despite his having worked there when it was run by CCA, not LaSalle. Medical was terrible when I was there. That was one of the main issues. Medical is bad throughout the U.S. prison system, but at Wynn, I think the degree of the problem had a lot to do with the fact that it was run by a private prison company. What would happen is people who had serious issues, you know, it couldn't be dealt with in the infirmary, would ask to be taken to a doctor, you know, outside, um, go to a hospital. Oftentimes, the prison would not send them, and the contract that the, that the company had with the state required that if somebody is sent to outside care, the company had to pay that bill. So the company was really reluctant, you know, to do anything outside of the basic services they had in the infirmary because it was a massive expense. You know, they're they're getting at the time $30 a day for holding a prisoner. You know, in a hospital bill it could be thousands of dollars for one trip. We came to this country seeking freedom, said Ivan Garcia. We came here because it's a country with human rights, supposedly a country where we can be free, where we can provide a future for our children. The last thing we found here is freedom. Since we've arrived, it's been imprisonment, mistreatment, and we're denouncing that. We're not looking for trouble. They're recording me and I don't care that they're recording and supervising this call. But a lot of news doesn't get out about this center, because when we report it, they cut the recordings and threaten to put us in the hole if we keep reporting what's going on. All these things are happening in this prison. Detainees who spoke to Perilous all gave their explicit consent for their voices to be shared as widely as possible in the hopes that their testimonies may bring about the changes they so desperately need. Some expressed outrage that their voices are rarely heard and that the media fails to tell their stories. We are doing this with only minor edits in hopes that journalists, human rights workers, and others may use them to better understand and take action in regard to the conditions at Wynn Correctional and throughout the country's vast carceral network. This article was by Ryan Fatika. Recordings from detainees at Wynn were translated and transcribed by Scott Campbell and others. That's it for this week's Perilous Podcast, a news and oral history project from Perilous Chronicle. If you like what you heard, please consider donating to help us improve our work and like and rate us on iTunes. Thanks.